You're listening to the Sportscast with no name on the Beyond the Name Tag Radio Network. What is up, everybody? You are listening to the Sportscast with no name. I am Sean Montgomery, and uh, I am here with Case Fitzsimmons. Hello, hello. We were just talking about his uh, son, who is in Little League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, he's five years old and started Little League. It's pretty awesome. He, um, He's, um, you know, I think every father has this dream of, uh, yeah, I, okay, I, I think that I, it now makes sense to me before I had kids and people would say, oh, I'm living vicariously through my children. That all makes sense to me now because now I'm like living through my kids and it's actually pretty awesome. I signed, uh, my wife and I, we put our son in a little league and he doesn't know the difference between basketball, football, baseball. He just knows that they all encompass the word ball in it. <laughs> so, and he doesn't like to watch any other, sp- he, my son's jam right now is uh, Pokemon. So he'd rather watch Pokemon all day long, but he loves, he's very competitive. So I'm very excited about him playing baseball, but he, uh, he also knows that his dad's favorite team, which is now his favorite team is the Raiders. And so ah. he, he, he was at little league practice last week and he went up to his coach. Um, he, he got, he got, uh, picked on a, the Dodgers. He's, I mean, it, it, I guess it's fitting cause we live in Los Angeles. So he's right. He's on the Dodgers and I'm a Yankees fan. So it kind of broke my heart. But so, wah, wah. yeah, so he's on the Dodgers and um, and so he goes up to his coach afterwards and I'm standing about two feet away and he said, uh, hey, coach, uh, can we change the name of our team? Because my dad's not a Dodgers fan. And the coach is like, I'm sorry, buddy, but we're the Dodgers. And he says, can we change the name to the Raiders? And the coach looked at me like, your son knows we're playing baseball, right? Like, what the hell is this? These kids asking me to change the name to the Raiders. <laughs> I just looked at the coach and I was like, uh, "That's a pretty cool name, man. I don't, I don't know what you're thinking, but I think I would totally be down with you changing your name to uh, to the Raiders." But um, my son, the other day, though, being that he doesn't understand the difference between football and baseball and whatnot, he uh, he said, "Hey, Dad, do you think next week Coach will let us tackle each other?" And I'm like, "That would be pretty awesome." Can you imagine a bunch of little kids out there on a baseball diamond tackling each other? No, that would that's be terrible. Cool. No, that'd be cool. I think it'd be really cool. I think that I think that that would make uh, the game of baseball a lot more interesting for for people that that don't like baseball. They'd that do, is true. Yeah, they'd say, "Oh, you know, uh, the the third baseman just tackled the runner," which would be cool. But I like baseball, so I like it the way it is. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely change the sport quite a bit if it was. A contact sport, but I think my <laughs> my son my son would love it if it was a contact sport. Maybe you should get him into football. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. My, no? it's you know it's kind of funny that you say that because my wife I actually was talking to her not so long ago and I was like, yeah, I don't think I ever want the boy to play football. And she's like, really? You really don't want him to play football? And I was like, no. And she's like, why not? I don't see any problem with it. I'm like, you've got ex football players committing suicide. You know they're. They've got such head trauma yeah. and concussions and whatnot. Like no one, I don't think to this day. I mean, you have these experts and doctors and stuff that that have a grasp on what damage uh, concussions can do, but I don't think people really even still know the scope of it. You know, I mean, I think at some point most of us have had some sort of concussion in our life. 
And who's to say that that, that that doesn't have some sort of impact on someone that's that's driving a bus or, you know. Or... Right. Well, I mean, I think the difference is I've definitely had a concussion. I had one when I was a kid. It was the worst. I was like out for three days. Like wow. Like your head. I just I landed like I basically pile drove myself into a plaything and and. Wow. Uh, uh, I'm sure it was mild. It probably yeah. it was, of course, nowhere near the seriousness of any of these guys. But um, I guess it's just, uh, you know, and that's just one incident. And I remember how bad it was. I can't imagine these guys are getting concussion after concussion. Well, you Wes know. Welker, you know. Like, yeah. And, I mean, and you look at it from the, the, the aspect of how much money these guys make and, yeah. and the livelihood that these guys are, you know. I mean, it's like if you're living in a beautiful house on the hill somewhere – you need to be able to maintain that. So these these guys, as much as I enjoy football and as much as I enjoy the the pain these guys put themselves through for my entertainment, you know, I I can only imagine that when the bills are due and you you're waiting on that that large paycheck, you know, you're it's hard to walk away from that. You know, it's hard to oh, walk. Yeah. You know, these guys want to set themselves life. And to an average person like you or me, you're like, well, yeah, once you've made your first 20, aren't you set for life? But these guys live crazy lifestyles. And I'm not talking about party. I'm talking about the amount of money they probably spend. Right. You know? So they, they just continue to, to muscle through it. And which I think is great, but I do have, I do have an idea how my son can play football. My son likes soccer. And there so, you go. My my, the method to my madness is this, Sean. Yes. So my son's gonna play soccer, and uh, anyone who wants to steal this idea, please go ahead. Feel free. He's gonna play soccer, and then right around twelve years old, I'm gonna take him out to uh, the local junior high or high school that has a football field, and I'm gonna teach him how to kick field goals. Smart. So by, and, and punt the ball. So by the time he's in high school, freshman in high school. Yeah. Um, he's just going to walk on the team and be like, no one else wants to be a punter or a kicker. So right. So I'll do it. Marquette King signed a $16 million contract with the Raiders last year. $16 million. He's probably the only person on the team that doesn't have to get his uniform cleaned. Like at the end right. of every game, he probably just tells the equipment manager, you know what, just leave my jersey in uh, – in the locker, I'll, I'll be fine. There's no need to. There's no need to uh, to clean my jersey. <laughs> it's clean, <laughs> and he doesn't tackle. I mean, I've seen him try to tackle people before. Yeah, he like like the worst arm tackling I've ever seen from anybody. <laughs> so those punters are pretty bad. I mean, Marquette King is stacked though. Have you seen that guy? He's ripped. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big guy. So well, that's that's just hilarious that your son is trying to get a baseball team to change his name to the Raiders. That's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, speaking of, um, you know, your punter, uh, I hear that there's another extension that happened today. Really? Well, I don't yeah. Or I one? guess it wasn't today, but what was recently. Oh, oh, Jack Del Rio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coach, coach. Coach. Yeah. Black Jack Del Rio. Captain Jack Del Rio. Yes. Yeah, he got an extension. Four years. They ripped up his old contract. He signed, a, I think, originally a... I want to say he originally signed a four-year contract two years ago, and and I read that he was the lowest-paid head coach in the football league. Wow! And he was making three million a year, and he was the lowest-paid. Crazy! I got in the wrong profession, man. I should have been a football coach. <laughs> no kidding. Well, yeah, but look at there's 32 of these guys in the world. Come on. But the lowest paid at three million dollars. Yeah. I mean, these Yikes. guys are getting. Man. They're definitely making bank. It takes a lot of a lot of work though. 
a lot of work. A lot of well, no, no, yeah. I mean, it, it, you have to be a, a manager of full grown ass men. Yeah, Ugh. with egos, <laughs> with with egos and 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 lots of money. Lots of money. Lots of and you money. You got to be able to be able to manage those guys. So absolutely, he, he does a good job. I think he yeah. does a good job. Look, I I always like Jack Del Rio. Um, he always strikes me as kind of a strange head coach, just because. Uh, he seems to be a mainstay. He's one of those guys that just gets like a long-term gig and tends to just stay there. Um, I hope he has more success with the Raiders than like he did the Jags, you know? Yeah, I think I think what it comes down to, and I, and I think that what people don't understand, and, and football fans, you know, throughout the world, let alone the United States, is you've got these owners that have all this money, and at the end of the day, let's be honest, NFL is a business. We talked yep. about in the last podcast about how big of a, uh, how big the 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 Super Bowl has gotten, and how it's like a, it's like a two week thing. You know, it's like, so, I believe that you have owners in the league, that winning isn't their first priority, and the thought of winning, means more money to them, more money for them, and so you've got owners in this league that don't want to win as much as, say, someone like Jerry Jones or someone as Robert Kraft. And and, and Robert Kraft doesn't spend a whole lot of money. They're, they're notorious, the Patriots, for for cutting a player before they become too expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've cut many players that were very talented that when they got cut or traded, you're like, what are they thinking? They're just really good at uh, personnel management. I yeah. think what it comes down to is they just they draft and they find the right players for the right system for the right time for that one year. And if they have to, they move on. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a football team who has two of the two of their three wide receivers under six foot tall. I mean, these guys, they're monsters. You know, uh, Edelman and Gosh, what's the other guy's yeah. name? Um, Starts with an A, Amendola or something. Yeah, Danny Amendola, and they also have yeah. um, the young guy that's been up and coming. Um, uh, oh, the anyways, the Is guy. Something like Chris that. Hogan or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, he, but he's not a little guy. I mean, he's, I mean, in the sense of these other guys are very little. But my point sure. is, is so you've got the hard part that NFL fans have to realize is, for instance, and I'm just going to use an example here the owner of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, granted, he doesn't want his team to go 0 and 16 or 0 and, you know, whatever their record was. They were like 1 and 15 last year. Um, they beat the Chargers, which made me very happy to see the Chargers <laughs> yeah. get beat by the Browns. That's pretty great. But, he clearly doesn't want to win as much as, say, Jerry Jones does or the owner of, you know, I don't know, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you can spend the money. You can hit the cap. But are you spending the money wisely? And that's where it's like finding the right talent to the, the, the office talent to come in and put together a good team. Like we mentioned last week, I think a lot of times these these owners and these teams they pay for hopes and dreams more than they pay for right know, proven talent and heart right. and heart and they you know yeah well you know I think Jack Del Rio definitely deserves this extension and uh, I always liked him when he was our defensive coordinator I was so bummed that we like were really getting things together and then all of a sudden like McCoy goes to the Chargers and Del Rio goes to the Raiders and. It kind of split everything up there, and but you know, it, I guess it worked out in the long run. And um, McCoy has come back to Denver, yeah. and um, it's pretty great, mm -hmm. I think, because you know, he, 
what's great about McCoy, like everyone has been talking about, is he fits the the system to the players, um, which is kind of what we need right now. And he even said, I think today, uh, he was discussing um, Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon. And thinking that you know they'll develop just fine. I don't. I don't think we're going to be in the sweepstakes for Tony Romo, and uh, I think he's going to do a good job of developing a system. So, um, I think. I think Tony Romo for anybody is a crapshoot. Oh, absolutely. I think that you, and and this isn't to diss Tony Romo or to to you know, it, it, it you know, and I and I don't want to sound you know like everyone else and say oh he can he stay healthy and all. Obviously that's. That's a question for 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 anyone who's considering Tony Romo's can he stay healthy? But I mean, it's not like you know. It's funny because I, I read somewhere that they're like, well, um, um, Peyton Manning was thirty nine, or he they said he was washed up and he won a Super Bowl. That's fucking Peyton Manning we're talking about. You know what I mean? To me, Tony Romo isn't even in the same class as Peyton Manning. No, and Tony Romo's a good quarterback. It's like, do you remember Mark Brunel? He played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, good quarterback. He uh, he got I think he got drafted to Green Bay. He was behind Brett Favre and kind of like the same thing the Patriots are doing. Like any quarterback that came behind Brett Favre, who had a few good games in preseason and, and was very talented, became like a hot trade commodity. Because you know, and that's another thing too that smart teams I think do is they try to go and find a proven backup quarterback to make their starter versus going and drafting some kid out of college that has yeah. no experience. Unless it's a can't miss player like a Peyton Manning, but right. but Mark Brunel was a good quarterback, put up really good numbers. Yeah, I mean, I would compare him a little bit more to um, like Donovan McNabb. I think Who, Tony anyway. Romo. Yeah, obviously not his playing style, but you know, like McNabb was a really good quarterback. He got the Eagles to multiple NFC championships. Um, everything was good, but for whatever reason, he just couldn't get them over the hump. It's a system thing, and it kind of goes back to what I was getting to with uh, Jack Del Rio is. His time in Jacksonville being that he wasn't as – he didn't have the success that some people thought he should have. It comes down to the team putting together the right players for him and putting putting out money to get right. to get talented guys from other teams and whatnot. So, I mean, listen, I think Tony Romo's a good quarterback. I think he's a good he's – got, he's got a good arm. He's smart. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's proven anything to me as a fan, as a fan of yeah. football. I mean – what other than I mean, it's like well, he's played in like five of the last thirty-two games, man. That's reason for concern right there. The guy can't stay healthy, and how many? My question is: is how many teams in this league have a a good defense for a nice long playoff run, and b an offensive line that can keep this guy healthy? And the answer are like slim to none. I think the only league. offensive line in this league that can keep him healthy is the offensive line he's going to be leaving. Which is yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you could argue the Chiefs, but I don't think I don't see him going to the Chiefs. I know we talked about this last week, and you think so that it's a possibility. I don't see him going there. I, I think that's more realistic than him going to the Broncos. Oh, absolutely. And I just mean I, by fitting in wise. Right. I don't think he's coming to Denver. I think we're gonna stick no. with Lynch and with Simeon, and um, and I I love that decision. I think Lynch is obviously the future, especially in McCoy's offense, um, because we all saw what Simeon's ceiling is, but. I mean, you always hear about, like lately, I've been hearing that the Broncos, they, if they want to win now, they go out and get Tony Rome. That, that to but me, that's, that's not the, true. And and I think that any team that has that win now mentality, it's like, 
I, I think it's I think it's a, a recipe for disaster when you're a team yeah. that's constantly our goal is to win now. It's like you know, build a team and be successful over a period of time. Right. I yes. think I would rather listen. I know that people would probably think that this is crazy, but I would rather the Raiders be um, be a contender for the next say eight nine years, um, and maybe go to one or two Super Bowls, winning one or even if they didn't win any Super Bowls, but they were a contender for eight, nine years um, and maybe made it there a few times. I would rather them do that than win a Super Bowl next year and then be fucking dog shit the next 10 years again. I'd, I'd much rather that. Yeah, know? absolutely. I like, mean, I would say, the. I mean, if you look at it, there's only been like 12. I mean, it's pretty consistent each year um, which teams are in the playoffs and the ones that are consistently in the playoffs are the ones that, like you said, they groom from within, they do a good job of staying under the cap. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to have that win now mentality if you're not giving away the house to do so. Yeah. Um, and that's something that you got to be careful of cause you end up with dead money. And, um, I think the Raiders are being smart and I think the Broncos are being smart uh, obviously, I think the Chargers need to start over, and I think the Chiefs are kind of uh, starting to hit their peak. I, but here's the thing: is with the Chiefs, and 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 I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think that if the Chiefs can find a way to keep the defense that they have right now, and they can get a quarter, it doesn't even have to be Tony Romo, even if it's Alex Smith that stays there. I think. The problem with these teams is there's no continuity. You get one offensive coordinator that has one good year and he's dipping to go be a head coach somewhere. It's yeah. like these guys would rather be they they're okay, if you're 30 years old, like let's use the 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 the, the head coach for the Rams. If you're 30 years old and you're that talented, you're that good of a, a football mind that you're destined to be a head coach. And if you have the opportunity to be a head coach, okay, fine, take it. That's fine. Okay, good. You're a head coach. But let's say that offensive court or the uh, the head coach for the Rams. Let's say he would have stayed the offensive coordinator for the Redskins, and the Redskins paid him four million dollars a year to be their offensive coordinator. You're still making four million dollars a year. You know, don't you think that like look look at your old head coach that went back to the Patriots? What's his name again? Josh McDaniels. Okay, Josh McDaniels. Granted, supposedly he was you know you know, the bell of the ball this past uh, this past season with potentially getting a head coaching job, and he probably could have picked any place he wanted to go to other than the Broncos. But he kind of, like, shot himself in the foot by becoming a head coach so quickly. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, well, and, and he dismantled the Broncos. It's my theory. I have a theory on this. Did I ever tell you my theory about Josh McDaniels? Uh, yeah, it's the Patriots, man. That was a spy job. That was an inside job oh. to get McDaniels to come in and dismantle the Broncos for five years while the Patriots could reign supreme. And I know that's a crazy Broncos conspiracy theorist so theory like, right now, but so, think about it. So All of a sudden, he goes right back to the Patriots, so and they're think, still winning. So you think like Bill Belichick said to him, hey, uh, I, want, I want you to go to, uh, to the Broncos, and I want you to draft Tim Tebow and make that team real shitty. I absolutely think that. Would you put it beyond Belichick to do that? Like, you need to trade up. That would be and like. And you need to get Tim Tebow. And then, do we even trade up? I don't remember. Anyways, I you think need you to guys get, just picked him at like 22. Yeah, or you need to get Tim Tebow. And you need to just 
piss everyone off. That would have been awesome if he said give away the- all of your talent, including like Brandon Marshall and Jay Cutler and everyone. Just get rid of them all, mm. and then <laughs> and then come back here. And now we have the AFC because that's who like, else is gonna? That's like you know, that's beat like us. Donald Trump conspiracy stuff right there. Dude, if it that is. was like I'm telling you, man. I don't know. Anyways, at any rate, um, just to kind of wrap this all up neatly in a bow before we move on, um. Yeah, man, I think uh, you're right about the longevity. I think it's great that um, the Raiders have are, are investing full-time in Del Rio, and Del Rio's back in the head coaching game because, you know, he's been wanting it forever. But and, um, I just think that, like, if the Raiders, like, let's say our new offensive coordinator, the guy that took over from Musgrave, um, he's a youngster too. I think he's in his mid-30s. Well, let's say he comes in and Derek Carr continues to look amazing and our offense is explosive. And then in two seasons, this guy two seasons this guy just leaves and goes and and he's a head coach somewhere. It's like where is where is the consistency? Like there is no yeah consistency. And I think that yeah. I think that that's where teams need. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no salary cap on how much you could pay head coaches, right? It just comes down to that's that's money coming out of your own pocket essentially. It's like. You know the league's not telling so, you yeah. the league's not telling you how much you could pay your head ball coach. No. So my point is, is like, if you're the Raiders or you're the Broncos, you would go to Bill Musgrave and be like, listen, I know that being the quarterbacks coach isn't a sexy title, but we want to pay you five million a year to continue to be our quarterbacks coach, because the guys like you and McCoy. Yeah, you may be able to get a head coaching job, but you're so good at being an offensive coordinator. Right. Just we'll give you $8 million a year to stay our offensive coordinator. Yeah. And then you can, and that's, look at the, look at the, look at the Patriots. I mean, like they lose one coordinator to be a head coach somewhere, but then they bring someone up from in the system. That's already been there for a while. They're not going out and grabbing some hotshot star from the Cincinnati Bengals. Cause Andy Dalton had some good numbers one year. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just consistency and, and keeping things the same and, I mean, look at not to go off on a tangent, but Alex Smith. You know, everyone gives Alex Smith such a hard time um, about what kind of quarterback he is. But if I if I'm if I remember correctly, I think he had like seven offensive coordinators and like four head coaches his first like five years in the league. Yeah, I mean that's retarded. No, yeah, it's and it's forgive ridiculous. me for using the word retarded for anyone that gets offended by that. But I mean that's that's crazy. It's just owners not having faith and they cut things too early and they and it's owners not knowing what they're doing. It comes down to good ownership and. That's been the problem a lot of times, and uh, it it also comes down to coordinators leaving too early. You know, they get a little bit of an ego. The press is building them up, like, "Oh my gosh, you, they had a great season. You turned Tim Tebow into something, and then made Peyton Manning have his greatest season. You're amazing." It's like and so. It, I think they get a little inflated, and they, I mean, you got to take the money. I mean, what's well, like when a team? It's like when a team. You, uh, sorry. No, ahead. no, no. Please, please. Well, I'm just saying. I think you're onto something when you, there's a kind of a new fad going on in this league, and and I think it's here to stay. Where it's going to be more of like the coach is the head of the team, but you have these really big time coordinators behind them, and those guys are the superstars calling the plays. And it's kind of already happening, but I but I think that that's kind of like the new face of the league. Um, and the coordinators are going to be just as big of rock stars as the head coaches are because it, it's becoming so fast paced and so like you require all of that. And I think the, the teams that are most successful are the ones that allow 
the offensive coordinator to do his thing and to call the plays and allow the defensive coordinator to do their thing and call the plays. And the head coach kind of just manages the game situations and approves what what plays are going on. Um, that seems to be really, yeah. The, I mean, the, I think the the recipe for success. I, I guess at the end of the day, I can see where it would be cool to say I'm the head coach of this ball club. I just don't get that if you're good at something, why do you want to go and you know it's like if, if I mean I, I I guess it's about money. I mean, if you're gonna make more money, you should do it. You know, it's like if. If someone told me tomorrow that I, I could get paid $100,000 more a year and, and all I had to do is go and be a garbage guy or, or mop some dirty floors, and I'm not saying that those two jobs are even relevant. They're the same, you know, I don't want to take anything away from garbage truck drivers or anything, but I would do it. You know, I would do it. If someone told me I can go dig ditches and pick up horse shit and make $50,000 more a year, I would do it. So... So if someone told me, hey, you can go and be a CEO of a company, it's a really sexy position like a head coach for a professional NFL team, and we're going to pay you $8 million more a year, I can see why these guys do it. But I think sometimes these guys just need a little bit more time in their jobs and, and in their positions and to, to kind of get seasoned a little bit. Some of these guys just aren't seasoned. I'm really curious to see how your boy Vance Joseph does. I know that... Uh, a lot of talk and about this guy and how much John Elway loved him and everything like that. And, but I'm really curious. This guy's never been a head coach. He was only an offensive coordinator for what one year. Uh, defensive coordinator. Defense but he's coordinator. been in, he's been around for a very long time. Yeah, of course he's been. You know, he's. Uh, I'm not saying he's not a talented coach. Yeah. Either. Well, I think or the coach was, for the Chargers. He was a favorite for the job a few years ago before um, Gary Kubiak was an well, option. Let's be honest. Gary Kubiak got the job because him and John Elway. Well, of course. I mean, I think that Vance Joseph was going to be the front runner until Kubiak called up or Elway called up or whatever it was. And then, you know, they, they started crying on the phone. I mean, together. the team was already there. That was that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were already there. We just needed some tweaks and we needed to get rid of uh, I mean, Foxy Ball, you know? Like, we needed to stop playing Foxy Ball and start playing football. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I personally think you guys won the Super Bowl because of your defense coordinator. Well, yeah, Wade Phillips, I mean, obviously. obviously. I but that's what I'm saying is I agree with you. The coordinators are becoming just as integral as the head coach these yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, Wade Phillips, he's, he's not built to be a head ball coach. But he's built to be the brains of the operation. Yeah. You know. Um, and Elway realized that. He definitely pulled out all the stops and built it around his defense. He knew that we were there. I mean, we made it to the Super Bowl, and we, we should have really made it three or four times instead of just twice. I mean, you could argue. Defense so, wins championships. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? So, um, And speaking of defense, uh, <laughs> we've got two kind of big-time defensive free agents today. I guess not. I guess they're they're not free agents. Sorry. Two big defensive players today um, got into a little bit of uh, of trouble. Um, Daryl Revis. Uh, I think it's Revis. Revis. Sorry. It's all right. No. I just don't want you to offend Daryl Revis because he he, <laughs> yeah. he he knocked some kid out in Pittsburgh. You don't want him to come out here to Los Angeles and put yeah. a smack on you. What do you make of this story? It sounds like some kid was you know kind of. Maybe listen. There's always three sides to every story, right? Yeah. There's 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 Revis side. There's the 21 year old side, and then there's the truth. 
and but but the kid recorded a lot of it on his cell phone so there's a little bit of there's that i think the cell phone is the third side of the story i, I guess yeah. from what i read uh daryl Rebus uh was walking on the street somewhere in pittsburgh at like 2 30 in the morning um i don't think that's i don't know if that's the exact time but it was like 2 30 ish in the morning and some youngster went up to him and was like hey are you daryl Rebus?" And he was like, yeah, that's me. And the kid pulled his cell phone out and started recording. Now, what he was recording, was he talking shit to him? Was he was he antagonizing him? No one knows yet, you know, because they haven't released that information. But I guess um, the, um, the kid was recording him, and he didn't like it. And he took the phone, threw it in the street. Then that kid's friend came over. And I'm saying kid because these guys are like 21 and 22. And I'm an old man. Um, and his friend came over. Uh, you know, some words were exchanged. Then someone came to assist Daryl Rivas, and supposedly they ended up knocking these kids' blocks off and putting them to sleep for a few minutes. Like literally, the, the, the report saying they knocked them out. And then uh, Daryl Rivas and his pal took off, and the cops came. So they they issued a warrant for his arrest, and he hasn't turned himself in yet. But but. And and I'm and I'm not a reporter here, so I, I'm just giving you the information that I read. So I don't, you know, I I don't know for sure. And someone may be listening to this going, no, no, that's not what happened. Fine, that's not what happened. Whatever. But Dale Rivas gets paid almost sixteen million dollars a year. He's thirty-one years old. He's a professional football player. My question is, should we throw this man in jail for walking the streets of Pittsburgh at two thirty in the morning? Like, come on, dude, just go home. Like, at that point, just go home. Like, well, I don't understand. I mean, I'm th- I'm 31. I don't make millions of dollars, but I don't want to go out right now. I don't want to go to the bar. I don't want to go anywhere. It's like, I don't... So I don't understand. These guys make so much money, and they want to risk it by going out late at night with... I mean, the only people walking around at 2 in the morning are people that are obviously inebriated... Or they're people that are looking for trouble. Exactly. And so these kids, it's kind of like they started stalking them. And obviously, Revis and company didn't really like it. So I'm sure we'll we'll find out more when they get a hold of that cell phone. And and listen, if that's, and I I guess the cops got a hold of the cell phone and they did confirm that a lot of that went down. But I mean, listen, I I believe that the kid probably was, was the aggressor. And, and I, and, Revis, you know, he's an athlete who is in the hurt business. Let's be honest. You know, these guys hurt people um, professionally and they hurt themselves professionally. So let's I'm not going to put it past Daryl Revis to to want to throw fisticuffs, you know, and do his thing. I think the thing that baffles me by it, it's kind of like not to use a political term uh, or a political uh, example, but. You know, you look at the whole Bill Clinton sta- scandal, right? Where supposedly, well, not supposedly, get his dick sucked. <laughs> My first question was, and I think I was like 18 at the time when it happened, is uh, you're the president of the United States. Do you really need to have an intern give you a blowjob in the Oval Office? Can't you just go up in Air Force One where no one can pop? So that's well, that I mean, and does it really have to be Monica Lewinsky? Like, well, sorry, man. Yeah, I mean, I okay. I know I, it's a power thing, and and it, whatever. But my but, point to that on. is, my point to bringing that up is, if you're Daryl Rivas and you've got so much money, 
even if you're married and have, have a family, if that's if you want to live a lifestyle to where you're able to party and do whatever the hell you want, don't you think that you've there's a time and a place and there's these guys have houses all over the country and mm-hmm. and like he could go and do whatever he wants at a secure location where it's safe, you know, where you don't have to worry about someone coming up to you starting a fight. And obviously we don't know the details of it. We don't know what happened. Um, but I just, Daryl Rivas, dude, just go home. Yeah. Just go home. So all you players, just stop. And like, then Alden Smith over yeah. the weekend. he Domestic violence. Yeah, again. That's so heartbreaking. Going, what, That's heartbreaking to me. What's going on with this guy? Because, like, look, he's, he's... He's a cat, dude. He's he got nine lives. He keeps going back and forth and back and forth. And then he's reinstated and he's not reinstated. And he's now okay, he's, well, he's reinstated and now he's messing up again. Well, the deal with that guy, he technically hasn't been reinstated yet. But in March, which is right around the corner... Supposedly, that's when the NFL is going to reinstate him, and it's already been confirmed that they're going to reinstate him. He's going to get able. He's going to be able to play again. Um, the report came out that over the weekend, there was like a domestic violence situation at a house that he owns in San Francisco, and the cops showed up, and there was a young lady and and Daryl Revis, or not Daryl Revis. I'm sorry, Daryl. You you weren't involved in this one. I'm sorry. It was Alden Smith, um, and they interviewed. No one knows the details if. If, if Mr. Smith was, you know, what happened, but, you know, domestic violence situation. And who knows if there's any truth to it, but, again, Alden Smith, man, you were that close to getting back in the league, and, uh, and, you're, and, and, and who knows what happened if anything happened, but it's just become a monk, you know what I mean? It's like if this is what you love to do and you're about to get paid millions of dollars to do it, be a monk. Just stay home. Yeah, I don't know. There, does there need to be extra training for these guys to like, it, just make them realize that there are targets on their back and that like people are coming for them? I think what it comes, I think that I think a lot of times these guys like, uh, they just they they want to end up on the NFL Network um, fifteen years from now, like as a tragic story, <laughs> like a documentary. Like their goal really is to be more of a documentary than it is to be. An all-star uh, Hall of Fame. I don't even think it's that. I just think it's stupid. I know that's. I just, that's, I just think they're they're out and about being dumb <laughs> and like they, not thinking, like thinking, not they're just not thinking clearly. I, I I think money clouds everything, man. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, to an extent, you think that you can get away with it, um, and so you keep, you know, I, you keep doing it and. You surround they, 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 they these guys just everyone's just themselves. enablers yeah. yeah everyone's just enablers dude if I if I was if I was Alden Smith I would move my mom in with me so she could <laughs> check me every time I was attempting to do something stupid I just think these guys can have fun and do it quietly and in the privacy yeah. of their own home and I th- and I think there are those that do it. Um, oh yeah, I guarantee you that seventy percent of these guys in the league absolutely are. are Von Miller is one of them. I mean, he built a whole like club basically in his basement where guys mm. can just come and hang out anytime, and I think it's worked. And I, I honestly think that's part of what won us the Super Bowl was him maturing, growing up, and and investing in himself and his teammates. Oh, I thought you were going to say because he has a nightclub in his basement is why you guys won the Super Bowl. Well, it kind of is though because if you have that com- camaraderie where everyone's just chilling and everyone's together and no one's going out getting drunk at two 30 in the morning, getting into a fight. You're actually going to Von Miller's place and you all are like talking shop and just shooting the shit. 
um, like think? brothers, I think that that's huge. I mean, that builds a, a big camaraderie and it helps to. Do you think those guys are talking shop at Von Miller's house? No, they're definitely not. No. There's probably a lot of ladies and alcohol there. <laughs> <laughs> there's, probably, there's probably a lot of... Um, and chickens, because he has a chicken farm. So Mischievous things happening. He's got a chicken farm. Huh? Yeah, he has a degree in poultry science. What? Von Miller is one of the most interesting dudes I've ever... The guy <laughs> has a chicken farm, literally. He has a degree in poultry science, and he Wait. raises and sells chickens there's, and their eggs and everything. Like That's his business. There's a degree in poultry science? <laughs> That's what I said. What? Hey, dude, it's a thing. And uh... You know what, my son? My <laughs> hey, man, son, a few... That's a perfect my son... degree for a football player. <laughs> wow. my I should introduce my son to, to uh, Von Miller. My son, uh, like two months ago, we made chicken for dinner, and he wouldn't eat it. Oh, no. And he said... Um, and 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 he looked at me and he said, "I don't I don't want to eat my chicken." And I said, well, "Why not?" And he's like, "I just don't want to eat it." And I was like, "Okay, dude, you don't eat you, that's you don't have to eat it." And he's like, "Dad, why do they have to cut the chickens' heads off?" And I'm like, "Well, do you want to eat a chicken head?" And I think that was the biggest mistake I ever made because then I I kind of uh, I I made his fears come true. You acknowledged he, it. You and acknowledged he, and that he, that's a that and, was a chicken. And he realized that. Wait a minute. I'm eating a. Li- there was this was a living thing at one point. So I can't tell him that, that McDonald's cheeseburgers come from cows because then he won't want to eat those anymore either. But, oh, but uh, Von Maybe Miller. Maybe he's gonna be a vegetarian, man. Von Miller, can you call my son and talk some sense to him since you have a degree in poultry science? I'm gonna fucking yeah, tell Von people. Von Miller's that gonna story. break it down. For I've you, never heard of poultry science before in my life. I swear to you. I believe I you. I swear to you. Look I it up. You. It's hilarious. Poultry but, science. Uh, you know, I think was that just his way of like uh, saying thank you for the scholarship? Uh, what am I gonna major in? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> poultry science. I, yeah, I guess. Is I mean, that where I all the he, hot chicks? That the, the class, all the hot I mean, chicks. He grew were up in Texas. He uh, did he grow up in Texas? Yeah. Well, went to, I know he went to Texas A and M, right? Yeah. That's he, why him and Johnny Manziel are pals. Small town in Texas. But uh, I think Von Miller was the cool. nerdy one. <laughs> he was the nerdy guy, and it's not just no, I think because he's he wears great. glasses. And you know, he's not wandering the streets, getting into trouble anymore. You know, yeah, I think I you got to go through that phase. But dude, like I, Revis, you're a veteran at the two. That that's what shocks me about Revis. Alden Smith is one thing. I mean, he's he's only been in the league a few years. Revis to me feels like a veteran, man. Like he's I don't been think, around. He's I don't think he's ever had. I don't think he's ever had issues before yeah it, it i think it sounds to me like these guys there might be more to this than than we're led on to believe i mean i know there's I, felony like, charges coming against revis but it what, sounds to me like these guys were like harassing them and they kind of reacted and and it just got you know of course it went overboard from there so but someone did knock these two guys out. i think i i think yeah they got knocked the fuck <laughs> they out got knocked the fuck out i it for me, it's not about what the incident was. It was the fact that he's out at two thirty in the morning. Is yeah. what I'm like. What? Yeah, and like you don't want to be associated with someone who's knocking dudes out. No, I think that's cool as shit. To be honest with you. Well, yeah, I agree with you, but you should not ever be associated with that. Like, yeah, they should forget that Revis was even there, and then oh, we got mugged later or something. Well, it's Go get like, those guys later. I know it's a completely <laughs> different sport, but it's like Allen Iverson, for instance. You know. The guy came comes into the you know in the NBA and he's he's I mean Allen Iverson I mean he's one of the greatest of all time yeah to imagine play if he won some titles and the guy's broke supposedly Ugh. it's because he surrounded himself with just complete idiots yeah it's like Michael Vick early in his career oh man I mean let's be honest at one on point Vic. Michael Vick was like 
probably the Michael Jordan of that position. Absolutely. And then he goes and fights dogs. I mean, that's old well, news. But it was, he wasn't even doing it, though. It was his friends. That's what sucks. But it was on his property. So. Yeah. I mean, he knew it was But that's my on, point is these guys but... surround themselves with just complete morons. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I mean, think I guess, it's also them trying to help out those that yeah, I mean, you they came up with. You it's, don't, you can't. You these know, guys are coming from nothing, and then yeah, but you know what, Sean? If you tomorrow got a job that paid you forty-five million dollars a year or something, or <laughs> I'm I wouldn't in Jesus again. I wouldn't necessarily be pissed at you if you say, you know what, man, I think I'm gonna stay away from you. Let's say I was a bad person. You know, I think I think the problem is is people just they don't know how to tell other people the truth. It's hard. The truth is hard. That's true. It is. What, what is that? What Jack Nichols say in that movie? You can't handle the truth. Yeah, but I think it. Just be truthful. You with these need guys. To, to be like, listen, right, man. Right. You need to find those people that are truthful, though, because those are your real friends. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. you could tell these guys that you grew up with, Daryl yeah. Revis or whoever, you know, that you're getting in this trouble. Like, look, man, we were pals when we were 17, but now I'm a 22 year old millionaire, and you're not my pal anymore. You continue to do what you do, and I'll do what I do. Yeah. And if you're, or if you're LeBron James and you have friends who truly want to be successful and you're able to bring them along like LeBron James has done, then do it. But if your friends yeah. just want to party and carry guns and fight dogs and beat up girls and whatever is happening, just you have to cut that shit loose. Yeah, man. It's all about who you surround yourself don't you, with. I don't, mean, look at even the film industry, completely different topic, but that's why everybody in the film industry brings on their own people because they know that those people are trustworthy and there's a lot of shady people well, out here. Well, here's 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 what the last thought I'll have on this Daryl Revis, Alden Smith and yeah. any of these guys who get into trouble. Yeah. Johnny Manziel, whatever. Every time you hear these guys, especially the ones that grew up in really bad neighborhoods and they say, "Why did you start playing football?" And they always say, "I started playing football cuz it kept me out of trouble." What the fuck happened once you became a pro? You did this sport to keep you out of trouble all your life. Kept you from getting killed in the streets or getting into trouble or whatever. Whether you're rich or poor or whatever and you play this sport. Most of these guys say, I started playing football because it kept me out of trouble. And then you become a pro and now you're fucking like, well, I'm a pro now. I made it so now I can start getting into trouble. They need to, they need to grow up. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of sad incidents out there. Um that just shouldn't happen if you would have just stayed home or went to Von Miller's crib and hung out and, and talked shop and talked shop over, with... over a nice fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's like, <laughs> has a degree in poultry science. Heck yeah, man. And the whole chicken that would farm. be, you know, what would be the best part about Von Miller having a degree in poultry science. I just have to keep saying that is if he didn't eat chicken. Like, let's say he's like, I don't like chicken. You, you, it's disgusting. Yeah, he's well, like a vegan. Yeah. Well, don't you have a degree in poultry science? Yeah, yeah, but I don't fucking eat them. They're my <laughs> friends. Are you kidding me? I can eat chicken. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. I, I bet you he has, like, um, a couple that he really likes, and, like, one of them is named, like, Manning. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I would assume that he probably named them, like, Cam Newton because, you know, he was, he was, he was chasing – Chasing Cam Newton down like he was running after chickens. Yeah. Yeah. This conversation <laughs> could go south really fast. Really, we keep talking about chicken. Really quickly. I think we're yeah. done with the... Uh, the chicken talk. The chicken talk. Yeah. For sure. Well, hey, I think it's, uh, it's an exciting time for me in the NFL. I love the offseason because we've got a lot of stuff coming up. 
Um, the combine's coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, uh, that's the great part about football is they've had the best marketing team. Oh, yeah. Like, w- people give a shit about football when it's not football season. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I'm hooked. I Every single day, that like, I start my morning looking at all of the NFL news and the Broncos news and, like, what the rumors are and who's going where and... That's what uh, I love. Going to be good at the combine. Well, that's what I love about the combine talk and uh, the mock drafts. Like the internet's filled with mock drafts. Unless you're 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 talking about the top three picks in the draft, no one ever gets the mock draft correct. No. Like maybe out of the first thirty-two teams, like you might get like three or four, maybe eight guys that you predicted the right team. But like, th- like you go to like uh, ESPN. Dot com and like uh, Mel Kiper and that other guy. There's another guy that does the mock draft. If you go to like Mel Kiper's page to see who his picks are, you can see like the first first pick and the second pick, and then after that you got to pay like five dollars a month for the subscription <laughs> for the insider. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You're charging people so they can see who you think is going to be picked, and most likely your predictions are dead wrong unless it's the first two or three picks in the draft. Like, I think Mel Kuyper uh, was teeter-tottering between Peyton Manning and and and, 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 and Leaf um, in that draft. Like, who's going to go number one? I think I think everyone knew Peyton Manning was going to go number one, but uh, Ryan Leaf is his name. Um, I was stumping on his first name. But it's like mock drafts. Like, come on, guys. I I, I think it's fun, but that's, that's, how, that's how smart the NFL has become that – we're in the off season, and we're looking forward to seeing a bunch of college ki- college kids run the forty yard dash, and that means nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's, I usually, to be honest, I don't pay too much attention to the combine because, you're right, it's kind of a crapshoot. Um, I start to pay attention closer to the draft because that's when they really start talking. Like, that's when you really start to get a picture. Because you know, I even heard last year. Um, before Denver took Paxton Lynch, that the Cowboys were were interested in him, they were gonna go get him, and Denver had heard about it, and that's why Denver like traded up. traded up to go grab him, and that's why Dallas ended up with Dak Prescott. Huh, oh, which was they? Gee. Well, they wanted to get Connor <laughs> Cook too from the Raiders. Right, right. They were gonna go after him, and and um, which I think he's a good quarterback. I think that. I mean, I do. I think he would have had the season that uh, Dak Prescott had. Probably not. I mean, I think that was lightning in the bottle. But yeah, don't get me wrong. I actually really do like. That's what I'm saying. Like, I love the combine. I love these rumors. I love to read the mock drafts. I just think, like, I read them and then I turn my phone off and I'm laying in bed going, "Why the fuck did I just read 17 right. mock drafts when these guys, no one, come on, yeah." You, I definitely don't pay attention to the mock drafts. Like it, it's kind of nice to know. I mean, we we as our fans of our teams know what our needs are, and so we're we're hoping and we're booing but and even, we're cheering when the picks come in. But uh, until then, but there's even, really no reason to talk too much about it unless you're talking, like you said, about the first well, five do you, picks. Do you know why we're booing? Why you know every year the Jets fans boo when they would hold it in Madison Square Garden because as fans. And this is where I like to point out that obviously we're not experts, and even the experts in some senses aren't the experts, like Mel Kiper Jr. and these other guys do these drafts. We boo because we believe what our teams need. Like you right. look at every mock draft for the Raiders, every mock draft says safety or cornerback. 
because those were our two areas of concern this past year. But let's just say that my safeties and quarterbacks for the Raiders just need a year to get together and gel, and next year they're going to be stallions. Right. How awesome would it be if the Raiders went out and drafted a wide receiver in the first round? That would be crazy because it was like you pick the best player at the time. And I believe that that's the model you do unless the best player at the time is a big a big, you know, problem from college and his past life, you know, right. had a lot of issues. You pick the best player available and if that happens to be a center, then that's who you pick. Now, if you've if you've got Rodney Hudson like the Raiders do, you don't go out and pick a center. That's just an example. You know, if you if center's one of your needs, but it's like the lowest need on your on your list, but the best player available is a center, you get that that player because that's the player that's needed at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's um that's a good way to go. And then like we said, build the team around those great player strengths and you got a championship caliber team. Yeah. As long as you got a defense. I agree with that, Sean. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, I mean combine's coming up. That should be pretty cool. My favorite part is the draft itself. Maybe because it happens right around my birthday, so I feel like I'm getting another birthday present. Like, oh, my God, the Broncos got a bunch of new players. Woo! The draft is definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. I actually... And now, I'm one of those that goes home and watches it, like, every night. Like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Well, and not just that, but the NFL, again, the marketing team's like, hey, instead of fitting the draft in Saturday and Sunday or start at Friday evening, they started on Thursday now. Yep. They only do the first round. Yep. Then they take the night off. They go, okay, that's a wrap. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll do the second round. Well, I think it's like second and third. Okay, but yeah, second you're and third. Yeah. And then Saturday they go, okay, we'll do the fourth and fifth. And then Sunday we'll wrap it up with the seventh. It's like, come on, dude. You got to be. And then I read somewhere that there was a, a, a group or an organization that's trying to petition to make the day after the Super Bowl a holiday. Yeah, absolutely. I have always believed that. Well, okay. Well, dude, look at the stats, though. It is literally the most called-in day um, in America. That's because everyone's hungover. Exactly. Everyone's hungover. So why why go through the process? Like, everyone knows, just give it to them off. I mean, most of America's really working anyways, because let's be honest, most of America are, like, making the world go round, like, feeding people and, you know, making things work. So those people will always be working. Um, but you know, for those of us with cushiony corporate jobs that get paid time off, um, I would love to have a Super Bowl. <laughs> the Super Monday, Bowl just, Monday off. Okay. I think the day I, I think like the Monday holidays, those should be reserved for like Martin Luther King. You yeah, know, the holidays we have. But well, hey, true. I'm but not gonna come argue. On, dude, it. It's the it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's as American as apple pie. Yeah, you just stole the baseball term. Oh shoot. Well, whatever, man. No, it's, it's all right that same. you stole the baseball. But team. you know what I'm saying? I I think uh, the last thing I wanted to say was uh, you were right about the marketing team because they. I was looking up going to the Hall of Fame because Terrell Davis is going, and I really want to go, and I'm close so to can, getting so you can a package. S- sit like 150 yards yeah, away. Yeah, well, I did it for John Elway. It was awesome. You, oh, yeah, you did I was there in 04 when John Elway got inducted. And it's just fun to be around because it's just a whole celebration and there's tailgates. It's and, in, but it used to only be like a two-day thing, like Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Now they started on Thursday with the preseason game, yeah. with the Hall of Fame game. Then yeah. Friday they got something, then Saturday yeah. they got something, and they got then they wrap it up with a breakfast and all this concert They give you a Sunday. breakfast? It's like, what? They give well, you, you you have to 
pay a lot of money to go to this breakfast. Is but it? There's a there's an awesome roundtable discussion with all of the inductees. Well, wait a minute. I, do, who gives? I don't, I don't even care about them. Do they have like an omelet bar or something? Is it? Like yeah, the, dude, you get it. Yeah, you get like a. I don't know if I don't think it's an omelet bar, but. You get an actual breakfast. It's not like I the breakfast know. at like the. No, you know what? You're right. It is kind of like a buffet style. But is it? It's not like it's not like the shitty breakfast you get like at. No, the, it's like, not like a... the days in no. where it's like there's like there's like cinnamon the cinnamon buns. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah I dude. I think that's it, the only time you would that anyone would ever go to Canton, Ohio, right? Is to go oh, see. Yeah, absolutely. It's Canton, Ohio. It's like, you know, the vacation we took to Canton, Ohio was lovely. You never hear that. And the funny thing is, is like you'd think the two teams that are in Ohio, they'd be there all the time, but they don't, you know, they're not doing so hot. What lately. teams are in Ohio? Cincinnati and the Browns. Oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. Sorry, Bengals fans. No, we all no I knew Ohio. that. I knew Ohio, that. Ohio, let's be honest. Ohio. Ohio decides Ohio's who's going to be our president, essentially. Oh, Jesus. Whoever man. wins Ohio. With that. That's a, Ohio whoever, sucks. Indiana is a close second to sucking. I've never been to those states, so I can't say they suck or they don't. But I'm just from Illinois, guys. I'm giving you crap. I just know that it snows <laughs> in Ohio. Any Everyone st- from Illinois and Michigan always like shits on Indiana and Ohio. Any I don't know why. It's just a tradition. Any part of the country where there's snow... I don't like to go to those. Yeah, parts that's why I'm in LA now. Yeah. If it's <laughs> hey, I love Chicago. Don't get me wrong, but woo, oh yeah, I it's do cold. not miss those damn winters. I went. I went to Chicago once uh, for work, um, and it was so cold, it made me violent. Like I wanted. I want. Like I just. I felt violent. I was so pissed how cold it was. Yeah. And then I. And then I was flying out, and it was so cold that the runway was frozen or something. So these fucking assholes, the the airliner, they we were stuck on the airplane for like three hours until they got clearance to take off. It's like, you know what, dude? If you know we're going to be stuck and we're not taking off for three more hours, like at least let me off this fucking airplane. Stuck inside of an airplane for three hours was no miserable. It left such a bad taste in my mouth when it came to Chicago. And Chicago is an amazing city. Um, I'm Irish, so they. I love the fact that they dye the river green. Yeah. Um, they. I don't know why they dye it green though, because it's kind of always green. But whatever. yeah, I've never seen it <laughs> green or otherwise. But I think that the the city of Chicago has a great heritage, and I'm sure it's a wonderful city. But the fact that it gets so listen, any city that's named the Windy City, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's not even about the weather though. That nickname is actually about politics. But, really? Uh, yeah. That's People, another. That's another that's a, podcast. That's a misconception. But uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it's freezing down there. You can't breathe in between. See, I just learned something new. I, I, poultry science. Poultry science. In uh, the Windy, Windy City, City is man. about politics. You're welcome. The, I, so the Windy We're City. educating America because yeah. the Windy America's S- not going to do it for you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, hey, I think it's been a great episode. Um, we'll keep it short and sweet from now on, and. Uh, think we'll move on to next week and we'll start getting digging into the combine a little bit more and uh keeping you up to date on uh, all of the latest uh, news and rumors from around the league and specifically the afc west yeah and i think that uh the most important thing for me is that you guys hear my opinion because my opinion matters it does case fitzsimmons your opinion does matter sir i think that the moral of this podcast if, if there could be a moral you remember like that gi joe cartoon at the end of G.I. Joe, they'd always have yes. like a... Yes. Um, I think the moral of this podcast is if you're a professional NFL football player 
and you're out at 2.30 in the morning punching 21-year-olds in the face, you're a loser. That's my opinion. Go home. I'm going to go home right now because I'm fucking tired. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, go man. home, be safe, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, next week. Keep listening, guys. It's going to get better, I promise. Take care.